Well, hello everyone. Um, coming to you again. This is our third digital gathering together, and we all know why by now. Just so you know, we're praying for y'all, praying for the world, our country, praying for people, and praying for the scientists that are working so hard to come up with a vaccine or some deterrent to this. And so you continue to pray, we'll continue to pray, and one day we're going to be able to be with each other again. But this is a great opportunity for us to be able to reach you and for you to share this with other people. And today we're going to continue in our series called Peace in the Panic. And I have a message entitled Inward Peace, Outward Confidence. The, um, probably about three weeks ago, I went to uh, get my truck washed. And I'm sorry, to get an oil change. And they always give you that free exterior wash with the oil change. And I take advantage of that. And I always ask, how much extra to vacuum and clean the inside of my truck out? They give me the price, and I typically say, no thanks, because it's a lot more money just for the vacuuming. And I really want it clean on the inside. So I get it all done, and I go home. And I go home, and I get out my little shop back, and I vacuum out my truck, and I get my stuff to clean the inside, and it uh, feels really good. So here's my point. It took more uh, energy, it took extra effort, and it would have cost more to clean the inside of my truck. Huh, but it was worth it. And the same is true the inside of our lives, our exterior, our interiors. It takes more energy. It takes more effort. It might even cost more to make sure our insides are really right because our, say this with me, our insides affect our outsides. Would you say that? Our insides affect our outsides. And that's what we're going to talk about today because we're in the series Peace in the Panic. Now, I always want to remind you of a few things and that's this. Number one, we as followers of Christ, we do not walk in fear. Uh-uh. 2 Timothy 1.7, remember, says, um, <clears throat> there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Remember that. And I'm sorry, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So we don't walk in fear. The other side of that, though, is true also, that we need the wisdom of God to walk in wisdom in these times and not put ourselves in situations where we could contract the virus. So, <clears throat> now, our insides affect our outsides. My inward peace is vital to my outward confidence. I want you to turn uh, first, before we get into our text today, to an Old Testament a prophet by the name of Isaiah, chapter 26 and verse 3 and 4. Let me read it. Let me break it down as kind of a foundational piece for things I'll be inserting along the way today. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4 says, The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Now, let me, let me break it down. I love these verses here. First off, when you use the word steadfast, the word steadfast means to lean upon, that you lean upon something. And then it says, the steadfast of mind. The word mind there, the Hebrew word, is a really interesting word because it means the intellectual framework. In other words, a framework is the underlying structure that supports a system. Your home. There's a framework there. Somebody framed up that house 
with the two by fours and everything else that you don't see anymore, but that's the framework that supports the whole house. Well, he's saying here what we lean upon, our mind, the underlying structure that supports the system, very important because it leads to perfect peace. And the words perfect peace there means tranquility, soundness, wholeness of mind. And we all want that. But the foundation of it all, he says, is the rock. God is our rock. And the word rock there means a steep cliff, a cleft, a flat place up on that high giant slab of stone that's immovable. Now, all these words, if you put them together, here's what I think he is telling you and I. In this season of panic, in any season, he says, if my insights are built upon the right framework, meaning Jesus the rock, huh? then I'm always leaning in the right direction. That's important because if I'm leaning in the right direction, Jesus the rock, I won't be like the tin man in the Wizard of Oz. Remember that scene where he's leaning all over the place? I won't be like that. Uh-uh. I will be leaning on a strong rock foundation and that will give me soundness of mind, tranquility of mind, wholeness of thought because my underlying structure is not shaken because it's the right underlying structure. It's the right framework in my life. So today, we're going to look at a man who's living that. His insides, that inward peace built on the rock, God, they lead to an outward confidence. And I think that's what we all need today. But before we go to the story, let me read to you our key verse for the series, and that's John 16 and verse 33. And if you're new to, to joining us in a series, just know that every series, there's always a verse that we read every week for that series. It's our key verse. So <clears throat> John 16, 33 says this. These things I have spoken to you, this is Jesus talking, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Now, if you're in your Bible and you're looking at that verse, there are two ends. There's in me, meaning in Jesus, and there's in the world. You could choose one or the other in your life. But if you're in me, in Jesus, he says you have peace. That's our underlying structure foundation right there. It keeps the sound tranquil, leaning the right direction. But if I'm just in the world, then I have tribulation. I have all kinds of things that shake me up and twist me up and get me to worry and get me to fear. So I can choose one of the two in me's. We want you to choose in Jesus because that's the proper underlying structure because he's the prince of peace. And if I have an inward peace, I have an outward confidence. Now, <clears throat> we're, we're going to look at a story that if you're not a follower of Christ or you're just tuning in because someone told you to tune in and you've not been in church ever, you've probably heard of David and Goliath. We're going to look at that story today. So turn in your Bibles or on your phone app to 1 Samuel chapter 17 as we look at inward peace leads to outward confidence in our lives. Now, before I read anything in this story, I want to give you a lead-in so you really get the gist of what's going on here. <clears throat> There's a battle that's supposed to be happening, but it's not yet. The Philistines on one side of the Valley Elah 
are challenging the Israelites on the other side of the Valley Elah, and their main challenger, these Philistines, is a guy we call Goliath. He's over nine feet tall. He's tall. You say, well, that's impossible. Well, no. Um, Robert uh, Wadlow was eight foot 11. He lived back in the early 1900s. It's a fact. So yes, you can have people that tall. But Goliath is on one side. He's over nine feet tall. Now get the picture. He's covered in bronze. That's his armament. And in the sunlight, can you imagine how he shimmers? How intimidating he looks? The other side, you have the Israelites, and Goliath is yelling out to every one of them a challenge. He says, we'll go one-on-one, winner take all. He said, and goes, think about it. He's challenging him to a fight. He goes, I'll, I'll, I'll fight you with one hand behind my back. I'll fight you one foot. He's out there taunting these guys. And he's doing it every day for 40 days. Now, let me tell you about the Israelites. Every day for 40 days, they wake up. They put on all their army gear to go fight. They make a lot of noise. It says they make battle shouts. They're shouting, yeah, and they don't fight. Because every time Goliath comes out, he yells the taunt. Come on, I'll fight you one-on-one. Let's do it right now. Winner take all. They shut up, they back down, and nobody fights. Now think about this. He's out there every day for 40 days doing that. I have a question for you. After 40 days, how tall do you think nine foot, covered in bronze, shimmering in the sun, Goliath looks now? He probably looks 40 feet tall. Every day he looks bigger. There's a truth in there. If you do not deal with your problems quickly, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And they get enormous in your mind to the point that it will paralyze you in even attempting to deal with the problem. So you deal with them quickly. Now, In the middle of all this, there's a young guy by the name of David. He's a teenager. He's coming to the front line. And the only reason he is coming to the front line is because his father, Jesse, has sent him with supplies to take to his brothers who are supposed to be fighting at the front line and to take supplies to the king, King Saul. So here comes David on the scene. Now, I'm going to give you three points today as we dissect pieces of this story to help us uh, have peace on the inside, which translates into confidence on the outside. So, here we go. When our insides are built upon Jesus, number one, what we hear will contrast what others hear. What we hear will contrast what others hear. I'm going to read verses 22 and 23 of 1 Samuel 17. Watch this. Then David left his baggage in care of the baggage keeper. So David's arrived at the front line area, but he's not quite at the front front yet. Leaves the baggage. And he runs to the battle line, verse 22, and entered in order to greet his brothers. He's only there to meet his brothers and give them supplies. That's all he's there for. So he thinks. Verse 23. And as he's talking with him, he's talking with his brothers. Behold, the champion, the Philistine from Gath named Goliath, was coming up from the army of the Philistines. So David's talking to his brothers. Hey, what's going on this night? Here comes Goliath outside of his tent across the valley. He's coming to taunt again. And Goliath speaks, and he speaks the same words 
And the end of verse 23 says, And David heard them. Oh, don't miss out on those words right there. Think about this. Think about it, guys. Every day Goliath has been coming out saying the same taunting words for 40 days. Every day, it's the same thing. By the way, have you ever battled repeated fearful thoughts in your mind day in, day out, day in, day out? That's what they're battling right there, but it's a real-life Goliath in front of them. He's out there every day saying the same thing, but today it's different. Because today, David's there, and it says, David heard him. Let me tell you what that means. That means bad news for Goliath. Because you got a 17-year-old kid or thereabouts on the front line going, what did he say? Oh, no, uh -uh, uh uh-uh. Let me tell you what's going on here now. David and all the Israelites that he's on the side of, who've been there for 40 days, 40 nights, he just arrived, they all hear the same words. But David hears something different. It contrasts what everyone else hears. Let, Let me tell you what I mean by that. Everyone there hears intimidation. David hears invitation to fight. Ah, that's right, huh? Everyone hears fear. David hears fight. Everyone hears a bully. David hears a battle. David hears the exact same words but his interpretation based on the underlying structure of his faith because he has peace of God on the inside and calm confidence on the outside because of the difference there, he's not intimidated. He's not backing down. Our insides affect our outsides. Never forget that in the midst of panic everywhere. Let me give an example, another one of how people hear different things. Matthew 28, verse 16 and 17. 11... um, of the disciples, because Judas has now uh, killed himself, um, they are told, uh, they are given a message to go meet Jesus in Galilee, and specifically Peter go meet him there. The message is given to them by women. Because the women are the first eyewitnesses to the resurrected Jesus Christ. And they go share the testimony to the guys that Jesus wants you to meet him in Galilee. Let me, t- let me give you a segue, because this is just, every time I say this, i got to say it. Women in that culture in that day, their testimony was worthless in any court of law. They looked at a woman's testimony as worthless. That's interesting, because the first eyewitnesses to give testimony written in Scripture are from women. That's a magnificent testimony to the reality that Jesus rose from the dead because you would have never written that in scripture because no one in that day would have believed it woman they said no way but they wrote it it had to be true that's one reason it had to be true otherwise it wouldn't be there it's too outrageous for them to have written that there that's just a segue there. let me come back now they tell the women tell them Jesus said meet him in Galilee they get there and once they're there a few things happen But when Jesus reveals himself to the disciples there, here's what it says in Matthew 28, 16, 17. It says, Some saw Jesus and worshipped. It adds, Others saw him and doubted. Whoa! They're seeing the same resurrected Christ 
One interpret it's, it's him, they worship. Others interpret, nope, not him, and they doubt. So here's my big question on that one right there. With all that's swirling around in our society right now and all the fear and everything else, what do you hear? What's in your soul? Is it, is it fear? Is it panic in your soul? Is it? Or is the underlying framework of what your life is built upon, is it Jesus? Do you hear the words of Jesus jumping off the pages of Scripture in your mind? Now, segue, some of you are saying, well, Jim, I have never read the Bible. It's been a long time. It's been years. Or I'm new. I'm, I'm new to the program here. And I, I'm just, I'm a curious seeker. Praise the Lord for you. But let me give you a little bit of wisdom. Get a Bible. Get a Bible that is a modern translation, meaning modern terminologies that you and I use that you can understand. Don't go with the King James. Nothing wrong with King James, but don't go with it. Read in the New Testament. I would suggest just stay in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just stay in there. Or go to Proverbs also, Old Testament. Just read a Proverbs date. Just stay in those two areas for a couple years. Get to church once we can all come back together. Keep watching digital church and start to grow. So that one day, the underlying structure of your soul is built upon the words of Jesus. They'll jump off the pages of your mind whenever you're in the middle of crisis situations. See, the question is, what is your life built on? Because if it's built on the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, on the inside, you'll have strong confidence on the outside. Oh, it's a fact, my friend. It's a fact. My insides affect my outsides. Say it again. My insides affect my outsides. Number two in your notes. When our insides are built upon Jesus. Secondly, our faith will not be affected by the fears of others. My faith will not be affected by the fears of others. I refuse. I refuse. I take the word of God over the word of others, period. Now, David has volunteered to fight Goliath. They tell King Saul. King Saul says, can I have a private interview with this guy who wants to fight Goliath? Yeah, so they bring David in. Now watch what King Saul tells young teenage David. Verse 31. He says, uh, When the words which David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul, the king. And he sent for him. He goes, get him here. David said to Saul, uh, Here's what I love about this. Let no man's heart fail on account of old Goliath. Your servant, David, will go and fight with the Philistines. He goes, don't, you know what? Everybody relax. I'll go fight him. <laughs> He's a teenager. Then, now listen, and, and listen closely for those of you who get talked out of God's stuff. Verse 33, then Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him? For you are but a youth, but he has been a warrior since his youth. Oh. Some negative talk there, huh? But David said to Saul, here's his, here's his rebuttal, your servant, meaning David himself, was tending his father's sheep when a lion or uh, a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. That was verse 31 to 36 right there. Now, 
Let me fill you in on what's going on. David's a teenager. He just had his prom the night before, or, you know, fill in the blanks. He rolls up on his skateboard. He's bringing food to the king and to his brothers. He's still wearing his, his boutonniere. Oh my gosh, can you, can you picture it? And David, who hears differently than everyone else hears because his underlying structure of faith is solid. And he says, everybody calm down. I'll go fight the guy. I'll fight Goliath. The king says, there's no way. You can't do it because this guy has been a warrior since he was been a youth. And you're a youth and you're not a warrior. In other words, David, you have no combat experience. Ah, then David not going to be deterred at all. He will not be affected by his faith at all. He will not allow the fears of others affect him. He then says, let me tell you my combat experience, my friend. I have killed the lion and the bear. In fact, he says in that verse, um, 34, he goes, one day a lion or a bear came up. He says, or a bear. I like that because it's, he, it's almost like he's saying, you know, I've killed so many. I don't know if that day was a lion or a bear. I don't remember. Well, one of the two. <laughs> you know, he says, even I've killed them when they try to take the sheep. In fact, one day one took a sheep. I grabbed that thing by the mouth, that lion or bear, and I killed him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He says, I have combat experience. I am ready to fight this guy. Say this with me. Preparation pays off. Say it out there. Preparation pays off. It always does. Now, I'm going to show you something. Turn in your Bibles or whatever you have there to Romans chapter 5. Let me show you about preparation in your faith. Romans chapter 5. Um, we're going to hit it, make a point, and we're going to hit back, okay? Romans 5. Look at verse 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Here we go. We're going to apply this whole idea of preparation pays off. Verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, you and I began in our Christian walk by putting faith in Jesus Christ, believing that He did exist, that He did die on the cross for our sins, He was buried, and He did rise from the dead. That's right. That's what our faith is built on. Without the resurrection, our faith is useless. He rose from the dead. So it begins by faith. Once we put our faith in Jesus, we're justified, declared innocent of all sin. All of our sins, past, present, future, washed away. Isn't that great? And because of that, we have peace with God. We're in right standing with God. Isn't that cool? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus is the mediator. That's a solid verse. Verse 2, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace. Grace is the favor of God upon you, my friend, as a follower that you can't earn. None of us can. But He just graces us. He just favors us. I like that too. In which we stand. My standing before God's right. I never have to cower in fear before God because of Jesus' blood. I'm in right standing and my faith in Him. And we exult in the hope of the glory of God. Now here it comes. Verse 3. And not only this, but we also exult. Exult means to boast. We boast in our tribulations. What? We boast in our problems? We boast in the struggles? We're boasting in these, yes. Why? Because we know something. Knowing that these tribulations bring about perseverance. Ah, it brings about perseverance. You know what perseverance means? Consistency. It means endurance. It means you're not swerving all over the place. 
See, our trials and problems, if we face them and we stick with God, it begins to build this unwavering strength within us. We endure. We continue. We don't swerve at all. And it continues. <clears throat> Verse 4, And perseverance, proven character. In other words, our character is proven by our endurance. We begin to realize, I can make it through stuff. I can endure. I do not have to swerve because of my underlying structure of my faith in Jesus is now being built through tribulation, through perseverance, and it proves who I am, proven character. And it says in verse 4, and proven character results in hope. And then it says about hope in verse 5, and hope does not disappoint. Oh man, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Oh gosh, you could do messages on this. But let me tell you, once you're building on the tribulation, you fight, keep fighting through because your underlying structure of Jesus, then you have endurance. And through endurance, then you have proven character. And then through that, you have hope. And hope is never disappointed, no matter what the circumstances are like, no matter what is going on around you, because your underlying structure is strong and it's rooted, my friend. David has been preparing for that moment for years. His underlying structure through tribulation, through perseverance, through proven character, through hope. He's been, he's been preparing himself for years. So when King Saul says, you can't do it, David says, you just watch me. You watch me. Because you see, he is, his underlying structure is not structured in the things of the world. The culture that's freaking out, it's structured in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> He's unaffected by others. It's built upon the rock. It's built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. So in times of panic, the fear of others doesn't affect us, shouldn't affect us, because we have an inward peace that results in an outward confidence. And point three, I have a strong root system. That's right. When our insides are built upon Jesus, I have a strong root system, my friends, based on everything we have just been teaching you up to this point. In verse 37, here is the kicker of all kickers. David says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 37, he says, And David said, The Lord. See, it's not just about fighting lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. Though that's part of the preparation in the physical, there's a spiritual application that's the underlying structure that keeps his mind sound, tranquil. And he's not swerving all over the place like the warriors on the side there. When Goliath comes out, they, they make a lot of noise, but they don't fight. They, they have no perseverance. They have no proven character. David does, because he says, the Lord. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. Oh my gosh, can you sense the confidence in this kid? And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Woo, now he's got Saul believing in the Lord. <laughs> now, David says the Lord. Now there's a commercial right now. It's for, um, it's a Ford truck commercial. And the commercial slogan is built Ford tough. Let me take that slogan, tweak it a bit for the Christian and for David. David is built Lord tough. 
And when you have built your life upon the rock and you consistently battle through the trials and trust in Jesus and build perseverance and proven character and you have hope and you keep doing that over a lifetime and you're not swerving left and right and stopping and going because how many people start and stop? I'm in church for two months. I'm gone for six. I'm back, guys, for two weeks. I'm going to volunteer. I don't show up again. We start, stop. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm committing God. Then I don't read it for a year. Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It's getting too tough. I can't follow you, Jesus. Sorry, I'll come back later. You're not built, Lord, tough. You're not built, Lord, tough. But by your own choosing. But by your own choosing. <clears throat> you need to develop a strong root system. You know what it says in um, um, Psalm 92.12? It says, The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. Why would he say a palm tree? Let me tell you why. You see those long, tall, extremely tall palm trees when the strong winds kick up? Those things can, you know, can bend all the way down and not snap and come all the way back up. You know why that is? Because they're alive on the inside. You know why the base doesn't pull out of the ground? Because you ever seen the root systems of a palm tree? They're like, like little worms all over the place. There's just so many of them. And they're they get hold of that ground. Strong root systems, alive on the inside. See, when the winds blow, and they're blowing now, aren't they? There's panic in the streets. And I'm not, I, I get it, people are afraid. But you, my friend, follower of Christ, you should be developing a strong root system. The preparation that you should have been doing, hopefully you did, all these years is paying off right now. It gives you peace on the inside because the inside affects your outside. Peace on the inside gives me strong confidence on the outside. I was talking to somebody in these days and they're freaking out. I mean, they're scared. And I'm trying to calm them down with scriptures because they're not really followers of Christ and just trying to give those things. I'm trying to give them some of the peace that I feel, not because of myself, but because of Jesus Christ. The Prince of Peace. Let me close her up. So there's David. Let me tell you the end of the story. So David now has picked up those five smooth stones out of the river. And he, it says Goliath starts walking toward him. David starts running at Goliath. David has a stick in his hand. He's a shepherd boy, remember? Goliath saw the stick earlier and he goes, you come out to me with a stick like I'm a dog? I think David is carrying that stick to throw Goliath off to drop down his guard. Because Goliath must be thinking, he's going to come and hit me with a stick. He's got to get close to me to use that stick. So here he comes. Okay, come on, David. Once I grab a hold of you, I'm going to break you in half. But David doesn't get that close, does he? I think the stick is just a little bit of a, something to throw him off. Drop the guard. Then all of a sudden, David who's running, pulls out his sling, puts in the smooth stone. I, I'm great at sound effects. And that stone hits Goliath right in the forehead. You say, come on, that's not possible. Yeah, yeah, it sure it is. Shepherds these days, or even back then, they're proficient in the sling. They can hit the bullseye. They're good. And once it hits Goliath in the forehead, boom, he goes down. David runs up to him, close. Goliath's laying on the ground. David pulls out Goliath's sword, huge sword, I'm sure. 
and he chops the guy's head off. And he holds it up. Yeah. And once Goliath is dead, then it happens. Then what happens? Oh my gosh, here is the moment. All the terrified, panicked guys who've been listening to the taunts of Goliath for 40 days and nights, terrified, not wanting to fight, all of a sudden, they have courage. All of a sudden, they rise up to fight. Why? Because one guy, a teenage boy named David, filled with courage, filled with the peace of God, which resulted in an outward confidence he went there because he knew preparation paid off in the physical and in the spiritual. And he takes down Goliath and he gives everyone else confidence because he's built Lord tough. Your confidence in God at this time can give so many others peace and confidence if you're built Lord tough. Yeah. Yeah, there's a real virus out there. Ain't, ain't no doubt about it. We're praying, God, please wipe that thing. I just stopped this thing. Praying for the people on the medical front lines. We're praying for y'all. Just we just continue. Thank you for all that you do. Praying for the researchers to come up with this a vaccine possibly. That's a real virus. That's not the only virus out there. <clears throat> There's another virus, and we've been talking about it, and that's fear, and that is panic. But the peace that dwells in you, follower of Christ because of the underlying structure of what your life has been built upon for months and years now, as the pages of scripture jump off the page into your mind and you're not deterred by the fear and the panic of people. See, that thing in you is the vaccine that can erase the virus of fear and panic in people's lives. I pray God gives you opportunities and gives me opportunities to share with people because if you're built Lord tough, your insides affect your outsides. They do. They do. Now let me talk to somebody out there that maybe somebody told you to tune in. Maybe you're not a follower of Christ. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus. I was once like you. I, I was. And one day I heard the message of Jesus Christ that you loved me enough to die for me on a cross. And he carried my sins because sin is a universal condition in humankind and sin will keep us away from God in eternity. But Jesus came to earth and he carried our sins on his body. That's what it teaches. It says in the Bible. He took our pain. He took the wrath reserved for us because of our sin. Shed his blood, which is the only thing to forgive us of sin. They killed him. He was buried. And three days later, he rises from the dead to offer us new life. And I'm offering you that new life right now. You see, you couldn't do enough good deeds to make it to heaven, to go to eternity with God. There's no way. A million good deeds will not wipe out one sin. It just doesn't. It never has. That's why Jesus had to come. God in the flesh came to earth to wipe away your sins. Look at me, friend. God loves you. And if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, this is the best time. And if you walked away from God and you know you haven't been living for God and you know you've been so far away from God and church and everything else, your kids don't even know God anymore the way they should know God. 
it's time to come back. I'm going to say a prayer. If you've never placed your faith in Christ or you need to rededicate your life, repeat this prayer after me. Now you just put your faith in Jesus as you say it because that's, that's the game changer because you're going to put faith in Him and the grace of God is going to meet you right there. So repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, for carrying my sins upon your body, for shedding your blood to forgive me, for giving me my sins, and I know I'm forgiven. I place my faith in you as my God, Savior, and Messiah. Today I choose to become a follower of the only God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let me pray for you. I pray that you follow him now. I pray that when everything clears up, you get yourself into a church fellowship. You keep watching digitally as we're in these times right now. Get a Bible, a modern simple translation. Stay in the Gospels, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You are a follower now, and now you follow Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so, we're going to end right there. It was great coming to you. I can't wait till I get to hug you again. And we don't know when that is, but thank you for all that you do and for your faithfulness. God bless you.